Hey, have you ever wanted to create your own podcast and share your own light bulb moments with the world? If so, now is the perfect time to do so because audio is the future of the internet and Anchor is a perfect place to do it. So Anchor is a podcasting platform you can find at anchor.fm and it's what we use to create the Lightbulb Moment podcast. So Anchor is amazing because first of all, it's completely free to use. Yep, completely free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So I've used Anchor to record with other guests on a mobile app, and you can also edit on your computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you across so many platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other major podcast streaming sites. So you don't have to set up individual accounts and try to distribute to all of those places. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum subscribers needed. And it's basically everything you need to record, edit, and publish your podcast in one place all for free. So I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good luck. Hi there. Welcome to IDA, where we address how you can ideate, decide, act on the business topics we talk about in each episode and apply them to your startup. My name is Kanika Pinnam. And I'm Varika Pinnam. We're the founders of IDA, ideate, decide, act. At IDA, we connect female founders to investors, one-on-one mentoring, and resources to help grow their business. In today's episode, we have Margot, head of communications at TEO, a virtual event space platform, and we'll be discussing the future of virtual and her role in communications at this startup. Hi, Margot. Thank you for joining us on the show today and welcome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, maybe some of the listeners know we hosted an event on TO a few weeks back and it was absolutely incredible. Just one of the best, you know, overall virtual, you know, video conferencing, that type of um, experience altogether. And the feedback we got from the attendees was also fabulous. Everybody was asking us where we're hosting it, and they actually wanted us to host another one. So it was a grand success all over. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And, you know, as part of that team, like, that's a huge, you know, kudos to you guys. And um, definitely want to learn more about how you you ended up at TO and your role there and just the whole idea behind that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll kind of start with um, with myself and how I ended up there um, and grow into more, you know, what what TO is. Um, so I, my name is Margot Noel Wellner. Um, I am, uh, I originally kind of, you know, was really, really focused on um, entrepreneurship and I was really, really interested in sustainability and entrepreneurship. Um, so I created a sustainable fashion company while I was at university um, and that kind of grew um, and it kind of stemmed my, my love and passion for um, not only entrepreneurship, but kind of the, the communications aspect of entrepreneurship. So I went on um, to write and publish a book called Creating an Audience, which basically looks at different kind of audience profiling and group psychology principles, um, looking at how, how best to grow and create a really authentic uh, both connection with your audience and then how to grow that audience, um, the audience itself. So that, that more... Um, communications aspect is what really led me to TO. Um, and then TO itself, um, as, as you guys explained a bit, is an avatar-based platform where really anyone can, from anywhere can meet up um, inside, inside the app. And we have all different kinds of you know, speeches, networking events, that kind of thing. Um, and so I, I was really passionate about it you know, from the get-go. 
because it's such a communications based based product. Um, so I'm really, yeah, that's always been my passion is, is communicating to, to audiences and really sharing that connection. Um, which, you know, that, that stemmed from, from the, from the dress rental company that I owned, um, and, and to the, to the book that I wrote on, on communicating to an audience. So it's, it's been a, it's been a perfect kind of crossover into that, into that realm. That's awesome that you started a company in university. And did you write the book while you were in university too? I did, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh wow. <laughs> it was it was a lot of extra work. I'm actually so as you can tell, I'm from America, but I moved over to Scotland um, for university. And the Scottish university system is just so different in that I, you know, I had two hours of class a day and I was finding myself wanting to do more. So so I did. <laughs> That's amazing that you really made the best of that situation. Um, it sounds great, though, two hours of class a day, but also that you wrote a book and started a company. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was definitely needed and, and a neat experience for sure. Definitely sounds like it. Oh, I wish I went to school in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to come visit. <laughs> definitely. I, I would love to. We always talk about it. Um, you know, actually, how we got started um, like on TO was one day we were talking about like we were attending a lot of like Zoom meetings and Zoom networking events and stuff and we just got like Zoom fatigue I suppose and this was yeah. like the whole quarantine and everything going on and we were like you know there has to be a more of a fun way to communicate with our you know with our audience and our customers and host an event and I remembered when we were kids we used to play this game um, in Millsbury where like <laughs> yeah. where like the avatars move around and yeah. you can talk and communicate like video games you know so exactly. I was like talking to my uh, sister and I was like hey you know there has to be something like this out there where people can actually get excited about um, meeting and networking again. And that's when she found you. Yeah. And it was super that's great. That's, you just... that's the goal. <laughs> that's like, yeah. but, you know, I've been, I too was, you know, I've been so bogged down by, by both social media and by zoom fatigue. Um, you know, even before coronavirus started um, that it, it is so important to just have a more, and you guys have experienced the platform. It's just fun. You get to, you know, heart react and laugh and all the things. And it, hopefully that's, that's the goal. We're bringing fun back into social media. So good. Yeah, you guys absolutely are. And you know what you mentioned, like, especially now, but even before, you know, you just kind of get tired of meetings, especially as like, you know, working professional. Um, and now that like, you know, this has happened, a lot of companies are thinking more virtual first, the importance of virtual first, and communication has really changed, right? So, and the impact is going to last, you know, far beyond the current pandemic situation. So what role do you think that, you know, virtual reality, like VR and AR play in this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are actually the whole business team, the tech team is a bit separate, but the business team, we're completely virtual. I've never met the other tech team or sorry, the other business team members, nor have I met the tech team, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think only two of the business mem team members have ever met each other. Um, the other seven of us have only ever interacted over TO. We're spread out around, um, I think we're, you know, Portugal, India, um, US, UK. So we're really quite the international company. Um, and so it does kind of, you know, it speaks for itself there that, that virtual yeah, has been spurred definitely by by COVID and coronavirus. Um, but it's it's interesting to see you know how much it's changing and how much it's going to continue to change. Um, you know, virtual in the more specific aspect of virtual reality, uh, we in the company all say, and I I wholeheartedly believe, and I believe everyone else in the company wholeheartedly believes that virtual virtual reality, this specific aspect of virtual, is is the future. 
right now, um, obviously, you know, Tio is accommodating people with phones and not VR headsets, because um, I think the, the VR headset is kind of a blocker there for a lot of people. But as we've seen in the way that the gaming industry is now crossing into other aspects of life, uh, VR is going to be a necessity in the workplace, in personal interactions and in social gatherings and everything. So, yeah, I mean, we, we foresee VR being around for the next 50 years as a primary medium. So learning VR uh, right now seems a bit, seems a bit early and um, to some people seems a bit gamified, but it's, it's, it really is the future of, of the tech industry as well as of the business industry. Um, and coronavirus has obviously spurred that a bit. Um, but yeah, learning VR means that, you know, you have a skill set that can last for years. It's a great knowledge base. Um, it's definitely, I mean, kind of, you know, advice for anyone interested in in vr or looking into starting a vr company is get started because even if you're just entering your career it, it's critical to be ahead of those trends uh that we you know we foresee people you know as soon as, as possible these these trends becoming so so drastic and and important to our lives um we've noticed it especially with coronavirus but in to that everyone's using to <laughs> so it's it's really mm-hmm. interesting that's amazing. Um, and yeah, that is good advice. So even, even, even if you think you're like, okay, I'm too late for this. If you wait a year, you're going to be like even more late. So just get started now. And honestly, you know, as a side note, I have to say the fact that your team communicates and just being from all those different countries, as far as time zones is great. Because we know how hard it is to get everyone in the same room, like or the same virtual room at the same time with just like a few hours apart. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite uh sometimes it can be a bit a bit hefty, but it, we make it work and it's it's fun to be able to say, yeah, what time is it where you guys are but still feel like you're in the same room as someone so it's special. For sure. Um and you know, going forward with that point, it I think just the whole coronavirus has completely changed how companies function, right? The, everything is now virtual, dissolving our borders and taking away the traditional inside the four walls thing now everybody can work from anywhere and make run a company and connect with their customers and stuff how are you growing with it and making the most of these opportunities that came with this new market dynamic yeah because for you guys this is you know good opportunity to really like grow to you because everyone has adopted this virtual mindset already you know without you having to like change that culture so you know how how you found ways to you know make the most of these opportunities from a communication standpoint yeah absolutely it's interesting too from a communication standpoint because you know there's there's so many people who are suffering um both from coronavirus and just the the impacts that coronavirus has um so it's it's difficult to to be in a position where you know we're comfortable as a company um and that that has been hard um, but kind of talking more, you know, as a company and, and communications working within the company, um, it's been really interesting. Uh, we were founded not at all as a corona, corona, uh, coronavirus. Sorry, I don't know why that was hard for me to get out there. You're good. <laughs> not at all as a coronavirus solution. Um, we were founded in 2018, but obviously, you know, we've seen a spike with coronavirus this this usage. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we are founded as. Um, the, the CEO was really, really interested in networking events. He had, you know, hosted numerous, numerous networking events and saw so much, you know, use case out of these use cases coming out of these networking events, um, and figured, why can't we just expand this globally? Because we have a a new global virtual world. Um, and so, you know, started as a, as a really post event networking system, that now 
is is so much more. Uh, we've seen just the most fun and craziest things happening inside of Tia. We've seen pub quizzes, friends hosting pub quizzes. We've seen, you know, 60th birthday parties. Uh, we saw a film festival the other day. It's And it's it's crazy because obviously there's all this new traffic towards Tio, which is so, so, so exciting. But we're thinking, you know, this is made as, as a networking uh, platform. So we have to obviously, from both a you know, tech platform, tech standpoint and, um, and communication standpoint, keep up with this. We have to accommodate for all the needs. Um, but to be perfectly honest, it's, it's, done, it's done really, really wonders for us and our message um, and our vision, thinking, you know, this has always been created as a global as a global company and a global platform. Why not extend it to, you know, being able to use anything on this platform and use it for anything rather than just for networking? So it's been an interesting forced shift, but definitely a, a happy forced shift, I'd have to say. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, you know, uh, you mentioned like Don's really passionate about like networking events and stuff. And I had a chance to talk and, you know, he was really passionate about what being in the same room or virtual room with somebody else can just do for your like mindset, your company, or even just like completely change the trajectory of what you're doing in your conversations. And, you know, you can really tell. Yeah, I actually just had a had a meeting on Zoom. And well, A, I was like, people are actually going to see my face. I have to try to look good for this, which was something that I haven't had to do on Tio. Um, that's one aspect of it. Um, but no, it's just, it, it's the weirdest thing. I swear, um, I, I work really, really closely with our, our uh, head of design and she and I always say it's just the craziest thing that we haven't met because we're always sitting next to each other. We're always, you know, clapping for each other and heart reacting each other. And it's, really strange that we've never actually been in a room together just the virtual room yeah. um, so it's, it's it's from my perspective really really cool and kind of weird but but definitely a, like a really powerful way um I am like so many people really social and suffering a lot you know not being able to have the social connections that I had before lockdown um but but Tio has has really changed that for me I and my parents are still back home in the U.S. and I'm in Scotland um, and I miss them like crazy, but I, I get to see their avatars and I get to feel like I'm in the room. It's actually funny that you're saying that like we don't have to dress up uh, like we do for Zoom and stuff. However, like we had um, our customers and stuff who told us that they've spent a long time trying to dress up their avatar. And I know I did too, <laughs> like trying to make it look really pretty and really cool. <laughs> I love that. We just, I'm not sure you guys posted your event before or after um I think it might have been before we um now have added all different like uh skin tones not only you know skin tones but we have blue skin and green skin and orange skin so that you know that makes it even more fun <laughs> so funny I remember actually that right after the event I said that to my sister and co-founder here I said you know it'd be cool if we had like alien skin and other skin so it's cool that you guys added that well, you'll have to we'll have to meet in Tio next time, and we can all have green and blue and pink skin. <laughs> I will. We will join. Um, and it's great what you said about the connection because, just like you know, you and the design um person on your team, like you actually do feel like you're really connected. Um, and that's like really the importance of you know just even virtual networking or networking in general, um, meeting people because. I know like for most people and like even ourselves, to be honest, at the beginning, like networking is kind of like a scary concept or like, you know, sometimes it's like you feel like a little bit icky about it because you're like, I don't want to just reach out to random people or or sometimes you're just like scared to talk yeah, to people. Absolutely. 
but I think Tio made it like very comfortable and easy because it's so much easier to talk to someone when you like let the like zoom walls or you know even the in-person like the face-to-face um it takes down. away the anxiety um and you know especially because like you mentioned like your team is all over and then you know even Tio's the people that are using Tio Tio's customers are all over the world right and that's even like more important because it lets down all those barriers for people being from different cultures and all over the world um to be able to use this platform and you know from with your role do you see like with customers that are you know coming all over the world like what differences between the customer persona you know and the way that you communicate your brand to them yeah absolutely i think that's kind of a two part situation in that communicating our brand um has always been you know our the the idea at the core of our brand is connection and communication um and that you know that doesn't change cross culturally um but but certain certain in like very interesting aspects change um in that you know when you're talking to americans it's really important to focus on the individual and say you know what like you will really really love this this will be like the perfect platform for you and you know kind of play to that <laughs> that um not not self-centeredness but we have such a, a pride in the individual whereas talking to west or eastern culture excuse me it's a lot more you know this is really going to be good for for the community this is going to be good for us as a whole so that that aspect of it sure is interesting um and then looking just at you know how people communicate on Tio, um i <laughs> as i'm sure you guys have already been able to tell in what the 16 minutes we've been talking um i'm i'm chatty and I when I'm on TO I'm like heart reacting and clapping and laughing all the time and then it's funny to see people from different cultures who I mean I think Americans get get such a such a rep of you know being so kind of crazy and outgoing and loud especially and then it's fun to see how uh, how other cultures kind of in, interact within the app um you know being a bit more reserved with the clapping or you know only using a certain one of the certain uh reacts or you know, muting themselves and then speaking. It's, it's interesting. It's kind of, you know, it's, there's no certain, you know, thing that I can apply to any culture because, you know, that's, that's a bit iffy, but it's, it's interesting to see just how different communities react and interact. That's really interesting that you said that, like, because culturally, like how people react to situations change. And I guess you get to see it forefront, like how they react and stuff. Um, I saw on your website that like influencers, podcast hosts, and many different people like use Tio. Um, but now coming from Tio's perspective, how does Tio connect with its audience and its customers? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, you know, it's, kind of just going with the flow as as I mentioned you know we started as a as a post event networking company and now we're hosting birthday parties and it's it's a completely different you know communications standpoint than we began as um but it's it's rolling with the punches and not being too um kind of rigid in in your business plan we you know we could have really really easily stayed post event networking and done well as a company but, you know, the necessity, the, the market changes and, and, you know, what people want changes. Um, and so I think, you know, biggest, biggest point there is just, you know, being comfortable to change with it and, and being ready, knowing that, you know, we have a five-year plan, we have a 10-year plan. It's probably in five and 10 years, not going to look anything like what we planned. And we're just going to have to continue that, that communication. Um, kind of obviously from a more 
from a communication standpoint, um, it's it's a ton of research. It's you know reading articles and seeing a how reporters are are interacting and b seeing how um, individuals and communities are interacting with each other and with the media and with the outside world. Um, and and honestly, just informing oneself as much as possible. Which you know I I say my my role is you would think that communications is going to be a lot of talking and and networking with people and you know doing podcasts that sort of thing but to be perfectly honest it's about 90% research of what is actually best practice right now and 10% actually implementing it so that's that's interesting for sure that's great um that you said that so really the importance of like being able to be flexible is really important for a startup um, yeah. and being able to pivot and just being adaptable to situations and you know tossing your five-year plan out the window <laughs> exactly having a five-year plan but knowing that it's not gonna last <laughs> yeah exactly and you know communications that's really interesting that you said that that you're actually most of it's not you communicating but like learning on the back end how to communicate and learning about your customer so that's been a common theme yeah yeah it's interesting too um coming from kind of the book that I had written which was a lot a lot of audience psychology and to be perfectly honest, when I was writing this book, I was like, is this ever actually going to, you know, be useful? And it's it's exactly what, what the research is needed in this kind of psychological view of it all, which is, yeah, it's it's good to know. <laughs> well, you know, that sounds really interesting, Margot. I would love to know more about this audience psychology. If you don't mind sharing and you know, like remember some key pointers from the book. Yeah, um, I think, oh gosh, there's so many. We kind of went through, um, there's basically went through and did, you know, group psychology, looking at how people interact as groups and how they kind of change between acting as groups and acting as individuals. Um, there's a thing kind of called group mind and group mentality, um, which, you know, we're seeing a lot right now um, of when people get together in a group, they don't often do things that you know they would otherwise and individually. Um, that stems from de-individuation, which is basically, you know, they don't feel as though they're like, they're, acting as an individual they feel as though they're acting as a group so their you know their inhibitions are a bit um diminished I guess so that's really interesting so it looks kind of goes from the process of looking at the group and looking at you know group is a good guy group is a bad guy coming to you know the conclusion that you know people people are good <laughs> at the core of it and then um looking at us versus them which is a really big a, a big concept that we talk about in TO as well is kind of knowing you know a lot of it's really it's natural to want kind of a common enemy and it's easy to work against a certain people or against a certain um, mindset, but kind of turning that rather than working against a certain group of people, then turning that into working against a mindset or for a mindset, um, the us versus them there. And then I kind of moved into more um, audience profiling and looking at um, how to address audiences, especially, you know, of different, um, different gender, age, race, um, is really interesting just from a, you know, purely psychological standpoint. Um, I think I talked about, you know, <laughs> addressing and, um, and oh, what's the word, assimilating without appropriating is I think what I said, which is important. Um, and then kind of just moving then more into how to actually create that, uh, create that audience, um, through those two principles. So it's interesting. I did, you know, it's the amount that I learned from that book. I swear I, I learned more than I did in my degree. Don't tell my professors that, <laughs> but it's definitely interesting. That's awesome. I actually just looked it up the book and, you know, you have great reviews and, you know, people like were saying that, you know, it's a really great book. And also, 
um, it seems like you have this like unique concept that instead of trying to, um, you know, tailor your messaging to fit your audience, as many startups do, you kind of talk about this concept of build, attracting and building the audience that's right for your message. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that, that's, yeah, exactly. That's where I where the book really stemmed from. Um, I had a lot of trouble. I was actually planning initially and to a go into as a career speech writing and to be write this book about speech writing. Um, and really appreciated, you know, the <laughs> the effort that it takes to be a speech writer. And so I went to a bunch of conventions about speech writing, a bunch of conferences. Um, and found that in every single, you know, every single interview that I had or every single conference that I went to, the audience was at the very end of that focus and, and saying, you know, okay, we're going to write the speech and then we're going to focus also, by the way, we should see, you know, how many people are going to be there, who's going to be there, where it's going to be. And that seems so backwards to me that it, it should, it should really be much more about, you know, this is my message and I'm going to create an audience to suit this message. Um, so it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bit backwards. Like you said, it's a, it's a different way to go about it. Um, and kind of working through that with Tio, um, has, has been really interesting. I did a kind of a memo for Tio about, you know, how to create an audience for Tio. Um, and that, that was interesting to kind of look at it from a brand new perspective of, oh, we actually are going to kind of scrap the idea of tailoring to our audience and rather have our audience, you know, tailored to our message, um, which that was interesting too. Yeah. It brought a lot, it brought, it brought about a lot of, a lot of interesting connections I actually worked. Um, I created kind of a memo for the Joe Biden campaign team as well um, oh, to, yeah. on how he could create an audience. And that was, that was super interesting too, um, to kind of separate myself from the politics of everything and just, you know, look at it from, from an audience creation standpoint. So it's it's definitely something we focus on in TO and like you we obviously have to you know like I said um, accommodate for and and adjust with our audience but how to maintain this the consistent standpoint and belief system while we're changing with our audience um, that's something that is is challenging and I think a lot of companies struggle with and something that we've obviously struggled with but something that we definitely are working towards. For sure. And the good point that you just brought up is that the message that you stand for, people will gather towards it. Like people that naturally believe in it are your audience. And I think communicating that really well means that you will attract the right group of people towards your company and your brand rather than trying to reach them would probably be, in my opinion, a long, long way than, you know, you standing up for what your message is and really trying to communicate that means the right people will automatically come, even if it does take time. And especially here at IDA, we, we're big on customer communications and talking to our our customers, like even one-on-one, -on -one, we always try to stay connected with them the best way that we could. And um, you were uh, talking to us actually in your email, um, how TO is all about, uh, Co, co, co. Am I saying this right? And I really wanted to ask you more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Coca Co is something that I had my first interview with the CEO, um, Don, who you guys ha have spoken to, and he just kept saying co, co, co. And I was like, is this, is this some weird industry lingo that I am just completely lost on? What, like, what is this crazy man talking about? <laughs> and then finally I asked, and he was like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, but no, the idea, Coco Co, 
basically to build up the hype a bit, you know, not letting you know what it is. It's now I'll let you know. <laughs> it's consistent community connection. So it's this idea that yes, we need the community. Yes, we need the connection in that community, but it's the consistent community connection that Tio really, really strives for. It's the the Facebook groups that we've seen who have created Facebook groups and met once in TO and then met again in TO and then now are meeting weekly in TO um, for the sake of maintaining that connection. Um, we've had like interesting chats even within within the company, um, kind of on more of a on more of a social social side. Um, I, I run the diversity and inclusion um, uh, community kind of within our company and focusing on that. And we had a chat this morning um, about everything that's been happening that we obviously won't get too much into um but and and working through diversity and inclusion and then that's obviously going to become a consistent conversation that we have so something that yeah Tio is is a bit maybe too passionate about I won't say too passionate but we we really like our idea of Coco. we drive that home we were um creating a lexicon for Tio and I, I made a challenge to everyone to say co 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 at least ten times in every single like media conversation they had that kind of relationship so to just build that co 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 the consistent community connection. <laughs> well, I would say that you hit the co 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 media challenge on this podcast. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. And I love that you're leading the diversity and inclusion initiative at your, you know, company and in your role. So that's awesome, Margo. Thanks. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I think way, way more companies should be doing. It's a difficult topic, but it's one that is really, really important. And, you know, everyone has the diversity and inclusion meeting or not, not even meeting. It's usually just a, you know, 30 minute video that mm-hmm. they watch on how to be inclusive in a workplace and it needs to be more than that it needs to be a consistent community connection (laughs) but it needs to be you know that that a consistent conversation um that's something that Tio really stands for is is open conversations and allowing those conversations to happen um as I'm sure you guys saw at your event that important conversations happen around those tables it's it's very very powerful it is um and I totally agree with that you know not having it just be a video or just the checklist item that you kind of just do at the beginning of your training and move on from, but really embedded into the culture. So I think that's, it's great that TO is very focused on that. And, you know, you guys have this cute lexicon to go around it. <laughs> Thank you. And now it's stuck in my head, Coco Co. How do you suggest like for, a, you know, your audience and just in general, like uh, people who are starting their startups and stuff to have their own Coco Co. Yeah. It's, it's so vital. I think if I had started a job at a company and was working remotely and didn't have, you know, a platform or or just the option to be speaking with them, I'd be intimidated and stressed and and nervous and, and not really know what was happening. And I mean, just from a purely business standpoint, the communication that we have, my team has hour hour long meetings in TO every day just so that we know what everyone else is doing for the sake of that and for the sake of being a bit more comfortable around each other, having never met. Um, so I think, you know, the idea of Coco Co is obviously for communities. It's obviously for, for personal social connections, but it's also for businesses that, that need this aspect 
you know, to thrive. It's, I, I don't think I, <laughs> I would be as comfortable getting on a podcast and talking about TO if I didn't have a consistent community connection mm-hmm. with everyone on the team um, where I was comfortable. I know, I mean, I know <laughs> more about the tech side than I ever thought I would. And I'm so grateful for that because it makes me so much more comfortable with the product as a whole. Um, so kind of, yeah, co-co-co within, within a business, not only within a team, but within an entire business is, is so vital to A, understanding and B, just comfort within a business. For sure. It, and it brings a brand new light towards uh, transparency and visibility across the work board. And, you know, it's yeah. from what you're saying, I get that, you know, it's about staying connected with all of your team members about what's going on and staying connected with your audience and your customers all throughout and really touch down on every platform they're on and communicating with them what you're doing what and what you're up to. And that's something here at IDA that we do too. And we constantly strive to do is keep everybody updated and keep our audience updated, even keeping our mentors and our friends updated on what we're doing, just so that like our message and what we stand for is consistent throughout as well. Yeah, it's so important. I, I, I recognize that as kind of one of the first things about about uh, Ida too is, you know, when I first when I first began kind of getting to know you guys that that aspect really stood out to me. And, you know, even from an outside perspective, it's it's just so important and you know you're able to see that it's a much more a much more communicative and kind of well-knit community that you've that you've created because of that coco co <laughs> oh thank you margo that's very sweet of you to say um and um yeah like that's a great message to other startups that are listening to you know if you're not already to implement this kind of you know, idea that Margot has introduced to us today on the <laughs> podcast um, and stay connected with your team members, stay checked in with your community and make sure that it's consistent and not a one-off thing. And, you know, even diversity and inclusion and that connection is not a one-off thing, but you're embedding communications, you know, into the everyday fabric of your startup, whether or not you have a communications lead on your team. Um, it's really important. Yeah. And it's a brand new hashtag, everyone. Hashtag <laughs> co <Coco Co. laughs> Yeah, you guys have a branded hashtag now. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, Mario, it was so wonderful chatting with you today. And we really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Margo. No, it's been so wonderful. It's great to just chat with you guys and, and yeah, and communicate consistently. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, if listeners, if you guys enjoyed watching, watching, <laughs> listening to today's episode, <laughs> Be sure to subscribe and, you know, share with a fellow entrepreneur. Thank you for listening to Ida and you can find us at thinkida.com. Until next time, ideate, decide, act.